Welcome to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 17 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, put together a seven-round mock draft. Release it out on the website, readyforthedraft.com. My first mock draft 1.0, if you will, and uh, obviously there's going to be a lot that's going to change over the next couple of months before the draft at the end of April. We've got the combine that we're going to be having coming up here on February 28th through March 6th. Then you're going to have the individual workouts. Keep in mind, you're also going to have free agency. You know there are going to be some cap casualties, some guys that are going to be released, which will shift some of those draft priorities, especially if you're bringing in some free agents as well. Take care of some of the needs, be able to focus the draft and that whole mindset in a different direction. So even though this is Mock Draft 1.0, I'm sure we'll have several iterations before we get to the final Mock Draft, uh, just a couple of days before uh, the draft begins at the end of April. So what I'd like to do is kind of walk through my first round, just kind of talk through each of the picks as of right now, and really... uh, kind of start getting that framework together as we start moving through this draft, really be able to start talking through the, the positions, especially the next podcast. We're going to really break down the uh, the combine, what to expect, who to look out for, um, and really kind of break things down there. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the mock draft. So the first pick, obviously, we know are the Chicago Bears. They've been really on the clock since the end of the season and when you look at at the Bears they're in a in an interesting situation right they're sitting there at number one overall Justin Fields is their quarterback the first question that they have to ask is is Justin Fields going to be the the answer are they going to look to trade Justin Fields there's a lot of rumors speculation that maybe that will happen to uh, you know trade him to a quarterback needy team get a a stockpile of picks because look Whoever's the under center at quarterback is going to need help, both at the receiver position and on the front line. Really, you know, you're also talking about potentially in that backfield as well. Lots of needs up front, and then also on the defensive side, that front seven really needs to get shored up as well. So a lot of needs. You could trade Justin Fields, get uh, the quarterback Bryce Young there at number one overall, or you keep Justin Fields. And really, that's the decision Ryan Poles is going to have to make. He and Matt Everfuse, the head coach, is Ryan is Justin Fields going to be your guy? I, I don't think you know. There's really been enough to say that yes, they should move on from Justin Fields. I think there's been some promise there. Uh, really, he doesn't have hasn't had uh, the weapons around him. Hasn't had a, an offensive line that's been consistent. Really, kind of a revolving door and you know, been under pressure uh, all the time. So I really think that Chicago ends up keeping Justin Fields and uh, that number one pick is likely going to be traded to the to the highest bidder. Uh, a team that's really in, lo- in search of a quarterback right now. I think the Indianapolis Colts are, are the obvious team sitting there at number four, try to get ahead of Houston and try to, to get Bryce Young. Uh, potentially the Raiders, depending on what happens there at the quarterback position. We already know that, that Derek Carr is on his way out. So what does that look like for, for the Raiders? The Panthers sitting there at number nine. 
Sam Darnold looked much better towards the end of the season. He's not going to be a long-term answer, though. He'd be a nice stopgap as a guy who could really help develop a quarterback. And then obviously there's Seattle. What do they do at number five? Are they going to go quarterback? Really, if Geno Smith does sign that extension, then obviously they're going to be off the table there as well. So lots to consider. Ultimately, if the Bears stay there at number one, I think this pick will end up being Will Anderson Jr., the the outside linebacker from Alabama. And look, both he and Jalen Carter are really one and two or possibly even one and one A in terms of uh, their play out on the field. But uh, Anderson is, is the most dynamic player in this year's draft. Let's not get uh, get it twisted there. 6'4", 235 pounds, had an insane 2021 season. 100 tack- 101 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks. Uh, you know, this year teams were really keeping an eye on number 31. Where was he? You know, he was being asked to put his hand in the dirt, really being asked to do a lot of different things, was frustrated at the beginning of the season, still ended up with 51 tackles, 17 going for loss, 10 sacks on the year. So explosive, a guy that's going to come off the edge and really pressure you, really a nice pass rush repertoire as well. Um, when you look at the Bears and, and that, that the defense, um, you know, Travis Gibson, Al-Qaedim Muhammad, uh, Terrell Lewis, you know, we're getting after the quarterback, and then you look at the linebackers, Nicholas Morrow, Joe Thomas, Matthew Adams, you know, a lot of free agents there at the linebacker position, really. Um, so they, they don't have a guy that they can really hang their hat on to be a pass rusher. So I really think that this is a, a match made in heaven, if you will. Um, you know, would Jalen Carter fit in here? You know, they've got Justin Jones, Armand Watts, Jalen Holmes, Mike Pinnell. Um, again, free agents uh, up front. So Jalen Carter could also fit in here. And I think depending on where they trade, uh, if they trade beyond the Arizona there at number three, they end up trading with Indianapolis at number four, then Will Anderson is likely going to go to the Cardinals, which would then mean Jalen Carter is going to be their guy. If they stay at one, Will Anderson should be the, the pick. Uh, that makes the most sense, you know, really because he is the most dynamic player in this year's draft. But when you look at the top four, Will Anderson, Bryce Young, Jalen Carter, C.J. Stroud, in some order, that should be what you expect. The top two defensive players on the board, top two quarterbacks. Houston sitting there at number two. I saw some speculation that maybe Houston wouldn't go quarterback. Maybe they're satisfied with Davis Mills. Really, when you get the, the new head coach in there, the new regime, D'Amico Ryan's there. You know, He doesn't have an offensive coordinator just yet, so I think who he brings in will, will say a lot about what they want to do at that quarterback spot. Davis Mills, uh, under center, hasn't played that poorly. Um, He's been okay, but is he really, truly a franchise quarterback? Uh, That's going to be the real question there for D'Amico Ryans. Does he decide to either take Will Anderson if the Bears trade out of that number one spot? He could even go Jalen Carter uh, up front as well. Get that guy who can really play all all the positions up front. So defensively, they there are needs there, and it does make a lot of sense. But I still think at the end of the day, that quarterback position is the most important. You've got Bryce Young. You bring him in, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, look, you know everyone's going to talk about his uh, his lack of overall size, six foot, one hundred ninety four pounds, um, but. Man, I mean, he was first in in the Heisman voting in 2021, then sixth again in, in 2022. A kid, you know, 66% completion percentage, over 8,300 yards, 80 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. This is a kid who, you know, he's not uh, 
you know, not a guy who's going to take off and run, but a, a guy who is so good at extending plays by manipulating the pocket. Very intelligent, cool, calm under pressure. A guy who throws his receivers open, the anticipation, the ball placement, and he's got a, an arm to be able to make all the throws you're going to need him to at the next level. If there's a guy that you could insert into an offense and have him start right away, out of this draft class, it's going to be Bryce Young. So I think Houston, it would behoove them to get their quarterback of the future in there, you know, get a high-character guy like Bryce Young, and really let him take this franchise forward. You know, I think you know, D'Amico, that new regime, they need that quarterback, and I think Bryce Young makes a lot of sense. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals are sitting here, and you know, I think really – they, they have to be excited with their draft position. Obviously, number three overall, that's not something that's going to be, um, you know, you're, you, you, you would tend to get excited about. But when you look at what's happening with their defense, right, um, you know, their, their edge rushers, they have, you know, Maje Sanders, Marcus Golden, uh, Cameron Thomas, you know, hopefully we'll get a, a, a larger role coming off the edge. But they don't have a, that dynamic playmaker. You know, Marcus Golden was at his best when he had Chandler Jones opposite him. Chandler Jones now with the Raiders, you know, they could use Will Anderson coming off the edge, putting pressure on the quarterback. You look up front, you've got Zach Allen, who's going to be a free agent. He may not be back. Uh, you know, I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in his services. Uh, at nose tackle, you've got Lecky Fotu, defensive tackle, Rashard Lawrence, Michael Dogba, and and Tristan Hill, also free agents. You know, they, They're lacking playmakers up front, so Jalen Carter would make a ton of sense there as well. He could take over for, for Zach Allen. He'd be an upgrade over uh, Rashard Lawrence and really uh, Lecky Fotu at the nose as well. So depending on which direction you want to go, um, you know I think Jalen Carter would, would make a lot of sense there as well. Uh, if Will Anderson is off the board, like I said, Jalen Carter will be the answer. And that's how I have my mock draft shaping up right now. Jalen Carter there, number three overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. And Chris Ballard, I, I think really this franchise has not been able to figure out the quarterback position since Andrew Luck retired. You know, I mean, you had Carson Wentz, and then there was the experiment with a lot of the veteran quarterbacks, really that stopgap from Phillip Rivers to Matt Ryan. None of those guys were going to be a long-term answer at that quarterback position. Um, you know, they don't have a head coach in place yet, and, and that could tell you which direction they want to go at that quarterback spot. Um, you know, Will Levis, I hear a lot of people floating his name out there, the, the quarterback from Kentucky. Um, you know, he's a big, strong-arm kid. I think a lot of people are, are looking for the next Josh Allen. Um, I, I think there are some physical traits that you have to get excited about with Will, Will Levis, but I think it's going to take some time for him to develop. Um, you know, really, you know, Matt Ryan's going to be under contract, so you could draft Will Levis, let him sit behind Matt Ryan. But when I, when you look at C.J. Stroud and you look at what he's been able to do there for the Buckeyes, um, you know, he doesn't have that prototypical arm strength. But look, you know, people said the same thing about Joe Burrow when he was coming out of uh, out of LSU. Didn't have the arm strength. It's just an average arm. You heard it from a lot of the draft experts, a lot of people, especially on on uh, the draft Twitterverse, if you will. And uh, all, all Joe Burrow has done is lead uh, the Bengals to a Super Bowl and an AFC championship in the last two seasons. And C.J. Stroud, you know, in terms of his mental makeup, you know, this is a guy who does a great job, uh, you know, 
just like see uh, just like Bryce Young always stays cool under pressure you know a guy who uh, understands the offense very well there at Ohio State and uh, you know puts the ball right on the money for his receivers throws his receivers opens allows him to make a play after the catch and uh, you know when he needs to he can put some zip on the football you know even though you know you watch him you know a lot of the the throws where he needs to put the ball um, on a line he'll struggle driving those footballs really on the short to intermediate routes uh, some of the deeper routes where he's asked to put some touch on the football you really see that but he's all about anticipation ball placement 6 3 you know look he was a heisman finalist fourth in 2021 third in 2022 uh over 8,000 yards 69.3 percent completion percentage 85 touchdowns 12 interceptions uh you know to me he seems like the guy, you know, a little bit more polished to him, will be the guy that Chris Ballard would, would go for. Uh, will Levis, on the other hand, 6'3", 222 pounds, a lot to like, like I said. Uh, 65% completion percentage, just over 5,800 yards, 46 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. Now look, you know, the, the thing with him, he's had a poor offensive line, not the best receiving core, a couple of, uh, of knocks uh, there to, you know, to the the offense that he was was really running and you heard a lot of that same uh narrative there with with josh allen when he was at at wyoming and you know when you were trying to project him 6'5 233 pounds only 56 percent completion percentage over 5,000 yards 44 touchdowns 21 interceptions uh you know you you look at that and uh you know Will Levis, the physicality is there. Um, you know, a guy who plays the quarterback position like a linebacker, so you worry about some of those injuries and things like that. Um, but decision making, you know, is something that, that Will Levis struggles with. Um, you know, I, I think those are some of the things that you know Josh Allen was able to clean up, especially in his final year there with uh, the Cowboys, and that's something that I, I don't think we've necessarily seen with with Will Levis. Um, so I, I think there were he left some throws out there on the field. I think some of that that completion percentage was padded a little bit with a lot of the shorter throws. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think Indy goes C.J. Stroud and. Uh, Especially Bryce Young's off the board. I, I think it's going to be a much tougher decision if, uh, if both of them are there. But I think ultimately Bryce Young would be the guy at number one if Indy were to trade with the Bears. But as it stands right now, because I don't factor in any tr any tr possible trades into my mock drafts, I've got C.J. Stroud number four overall to the Colts. Now number five, thanks to the Denver Broncos in the trade for Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks have two first-round picks sitting there in the top five after their playoff run. Uh, and look, Seattle, they could go in, in a few different directions, right? You know, I, I think ultimately they have to look at, at the, uh, the defensive line. That's really the, the main thing. I think that they really need to make sure their focus is um, this offseason. Puna Ford, defensive tackle. Uh, he, he's been a nice addition there up front. Um, you know, a guy who was a, I believe he was a, an undrafted free agent out of Texas and really, you know, has played well for them. He may be on his way out. Um, you know, you've got Shelby Harris, Al Woods, uh, but not really a whole lot of depth. LJ Collier is also a free agent, so he may be on the way out. I think you look at a guy like Jalen Carter, if he were to fall to number five, um, if there is a lot of shuffling going on above, um, you know, above Seattle, then Jalen Carter makes a ton of sense. And I think, you know, Seattle could potentially look to trade up 
to get that physical presence um, in the middle of that defense. With him off the board, you look at a guy like Tyree Wilson, and I think he fits a little bit more than than someone like like Miles Murphy at, at that uh, defensive end position. And I think you know if you're taking Miles Murphy, chances are you know he's six four two seventy five. Um, you know he'd be uh, you know a little undersized for that uh, for that defensive end in that that uh, that thirty four defense. Um, you know, you look at Bruce Irvin. You know, he's going to be a free agent, but you have Daryl Taylor. You drafted Boye Mafe, Alt Robinson, Uchenin Wosu. Uh, but what you're really lacking is is that presence there coming off the edge. And I think that uh, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech is the guy that makes the most sense. This is a guy who is a tremendous athlete, uh, but he also has that length that, that he uses to his advantage. 6'6", 275, you know, and, and has the frame to be able to put on some weight and still be able to be effective coming off off the edge. He's not a guy that you're going to see bend a ton, but you know he, he gives you constant effort. Uh, you, you love the, the repertoire, not always just going for a long arm. I think of Isaiah Foskey, he loves to long arm you to death. and You don't see that counter move or a secondary move. Uh, Tyree Wilson is going to use that length. He's going to fake inside, go outside, fake outside, go inside. 14 tackles for loss, 7 sacks, 2 straight years with 7 sacks on the on the season. I think that, uh, and that's just, this past year was just through 10 games. Uh, so I think Tyree Wilson is, is going to be uh, the number one defensive end, true defensive end coming off the board. And uh, Seattle, you know, that'll be a, a nice addition to their, their front. Um, the next pick at number six, Detroit. Hey, this was uh, the, the Matthew Stafford trade, able to get uh, the number six overall pick from the Rams. And, and the Lions, this is another team that I think can go in a lot of different directions. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people in their mock drafts have uh, Brian Brissy coming off the board here. I think Brian Brissy um, is a guy that struggled, you know, with with injuries, inconsistency, uh, the family, uh, you know, the tragedy as well. You know, a lot, that all takes its toll. And you know, when you look at, at the Lions, you know, they, they've picked up Aleem McNeil, Levi Muzurike. Uh, up front, Michael Brockers is still on the roster. Maybe that's not the direction that they actually go. Maybe they, they end up tra- you know, putting in Brian Brissy there at the defensive end spot uh, with John Kaminsky um, as a free agent. But jo- Josh Pascal's played played well in that role. So it'll be interesting to see exactly if they do decide to go defensive tackle where they go. I think they ultimately do, but I think they wait until round number two to do that. Uh, when you look at the Lions, uh, you know Jamal Jamal Williams is a free agent. DeAndre Swift kind of up and down career there with the Lions. So Bijan Robinson is number five a little bit. I mean number six a little too high, probably, probably so. So when you look at it, you've got that cornerback spot. Jeff Okuda, you know they they picked him up. Um, you know, in the first round a couple of years ago, he's been uh, streaky at best. You know, I, I don't think he's uh, he's lived up to that billing. Uh, you've got Jerry Jacobs at the other starting corner spot. You've got Amani Arwari and Mike Hughes, who are free agents, as is the nickelback Will Harris. I think ultimately they go after the cornerback position, and there are three guys at corner that um, are going to come off the board in probably the top 20 picks, and uh, that's Christian Gonzalez of Oregon. 
Penn State's Joey Porter and, and my guy who I think is ultimately going to end up being the pick here, and that's Devon Witherspoon. Uh, and with Devon Witherspoon, look, he's six foot, 170 pounds, a guy who has 25 pass breakups in his career, had three interceptions as well this past season. But this is a dude who is also very physical. He's going to come up and hit you, and uh, you know everyone remembers the the hit that went viral uh, against Indiana. This is a guy who has 11 and a half tackles for loss. He's not afraid to come downhill and, and make his presence known in the run game. He's going to be very physical on the outside. And he's a pretty darn good lockdown corner. You see the ability to close in a hurry. The ball skills are evident. Um, and so you put him opposite Jeff Okuda. I think that's really starting to build that back end of the defense there for, for Aaron Glenn. Number seven overall, the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is a team, again, could go quarterback. You know, there, there is some interest there potentially, but when you look at it, Derek Carr, you know, we already know, is on his way out, and uh, it sounds like NFL.com, ESPN, Bleacher Report, a lot of different outlets are reporting that there's a framework in place for a, a deal with the Saints. Saints obviously need a quarterback. They've got Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, what's going to happen there? Um, but when I look at the Raiders, you, know, you, you brought in Devontae Adams. He's not going to want to go through a rebuilding process. You know, you've got Jarrett Stidham there at the quarterback spot. You bring in a, a rookie into that quarterback position. I, I just, you know, you bring in Devontae Adams because you're thinking that you can take that next step in the AFC West. I think the best way to do that is to get a, a quarterback in there, a, an established veteran. There's been talk that maybe Aaron Rodgers would reunite with with Devontae Adams. Um, you know, they could look for other quarterbacks to to bring in as well. I just don't see them going after a quarterback, at least in this year's draft. What I do see, though, is the Raiders going after an offensive tackle. You know, they've got uh, you know Colton Miller there on the left side. Uh, you know, Jermaine uh, Illuminor. Uh, is a free agent. Thayer Munford is really a backup tackle. He's not, you know, uh, backup guard, I should say, not really a tackle. I think at the end of the day, you're going after the number one tackle. Number one tackle in my eyes is Peter Skaronsky. Everyone's going to talk about the lack of overall length, but look, I think Rashawn Slater has been able to prove them wrong. This guy's a technician. Um, he's not quite the athlete that Rashawn Slater was, but look, you know, Northwestern grads, they know how to play the position. You watch the bend. You watch the hand placement. You watch his ability to anchor, his ability, his movement skills, the lateral agility, his ability to to wall guys off in the running game, uh, his ability to climb to the next second level. He can be physical when you need to. I think he's the most complete offensive tackle, and I think the Raiders, it would behoove them to bring him in. And ultimately, if they decide they want to move Skaronsky to, to guard a la Brandon Sheriff, um, you know, there is some uh, ability to do that on this roster, especially considering you know, Alex Bars, who started at right guard. He's a free agent as well. So if you did decide that uh, Peter Skaronsky, you know, you could immediately get some production out of him at the guard position, you could do that with the ultimate decision to get him outside to that tackle spot. To me, I, I think he's a, a left tackle all the way. You could potentially move Colton Miller to the opposite side, but I think he'd be just as good on the right side. Um, Raiders need to be able to protect whoever their quarterback's going to be, and, and Skromanski would be the, be the guy for me. Atlanta, sitting there at number eight. Now, I didn't mention Atlanta for the quarterback spot, um, and this is a, an organization, again, uh, you know, the question that Arthur Smith is going to have to ask is, uh, is Desmond Ritter going to be the guy? You know, they brought him in. He did some good things for them. 
but ultimately, do they see him as the long-term answer there at the quarterback position? I guess that's really what we're going to find out. Um, they could decide to, you know, I mean, you already have one, uh, you know, a second-year quarterback, so then you're going to bring in a rookie quarterback. You know, it, it's possible that that could happen, but I'm just looking at this defensive line, and, uh, you know, this is a team that, again, struggled to put pressure on the quarterback. I think that seems to be a theme that we're talking about each and every year with the Atlanta Falcons. Now they brought in Ryan Nielsen, the guy that I went to school with at USC, Um he was the co-defensive coordinator with Chris Richard, another former Trojan. And uh, you know, Ryan, what Ryan Nielsen is known for is developing defensive linemen. You know, when you watch what he did there at NC State, there are a lot of players that got drafted that he he coached up there with the Wolfpack. And uh, I think that's really what helped kind of springboard him into the NFL. And now he's that defensive coordinator. So when you look at it, he's looking for someone who can be explosive coming off the edge. And, and I'm looking at Miles Murphy. And, uh, you know, it just it makes a ton of sense to me. Um, when you look at, at what Murphy's been able to do for, for Clemson, he's an athletic freak. Um, you know, we know that he's going to test very well at the combine. He's one of the guys that I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing run and uh, you know go through all the different drills 6'5", 275, uh, 36 tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks. I, I think that's the pick for Atlanta there at number eight. I mentioned the car the Carolina Panthers at number nine and uh, look, Sam Darnold played well. He's not a long-term answer as we said. So I, I think this is going to be the year that Carolina is serious about going after a quarterback. Frank Reich, it, look, he's the quarterback whisperer. He's a guy that can develop quarterbacks. Darnold is a free agent, so you know I still think they bring him back. You do have P.J. Walker, Matt Corral on the roster, but you know those are guys that you're going to bring in another quarterback to compete with them. And uh, when I'm looking at, at this Carolina team, I think this may be a, a, a spot for Will Levis. You know, um, and really, if the Colts decide to go Levis then this is where uh, C.J. Stroud would fall. And I think Frank Reich would do a great job developing either of those quarterbacks. He'd have the big, strong-arm quarterback in Levis or a more cerebral quarterback, a guy who uh, does a really good job reading defenses, understanding his offense, and uh, knowing where to go with the football at all times in C.J. Stroud. So uh, with the way that the mock draft shakes out, I've got Will Levis going to Carolina there at number nine, at least as of right now. Philly. Hey, they're sitting there at number 10 overall. They're another team with two picks in round number one. So Philly at number 10. And we can thank the Saints for trading up to get Chris Olave uh, to allow Philly, who, look, as of this taping, Super Bowl hasn't actually been played yet. Um, you know, we're actually putting this together the morning of February 11th. So you could potentially have the Super Bowl champs with a pick in the top 10. When you look at Philly, I think this is really going to be dependent upon what happens in free agency. Uh, there are some key needs that I think need to be addressed. Uh, one of those is going to be the defensive end position. Uh, you know, you've got Brandon Graham, you've got Josh Sweat, uh, Robert Quinn. Um, you know, there are going to be guys that are going to be free agents up front. Um, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave at defensive tackle as well. So Brian Brissy potentially could come off the board here at number 10. If you look at the end, uh, defensive ends, Miles Murphy, if he falls, could end up being the, the pick here at 10. Here's another thought. 
Bijan Robinson. You've got Miles Sanders, who's a free agent. Kenneth Gainwell's played well. Um, you know, you look at what Jalen Hurts is able to do at the quarterback spot, but if you have a dynamic running back like Bijan Robinson, the rich get richer. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts, Bijan Robinson. Good lord. You know, you'd want to talk about a, a, a you know some firepower there on that uh, uh, on that group. That's really something to watch out for there at number 10. They could wait until the end of round one, potentially go after a guy like, uh, I don't know, Jameer Gibbs. And uh, they could even wait and on day two get a, a running back there as well uh, that could compete there with, with Miles Sanders. Uh, I'm sorry, with, with Kenneth Gainwell because Miles Sanders will be a free agent. They could ultimately re-sign Miles Sanders and we're not having this conversation about the running back spot. We really don't know what that status is going to be until we get into the whole free agency uh, discussion. But the other guy that you have on the list there is James Bradbury. James Bradbury is going to be a free agent. I don't expect him to be back. You've got Darius Slay on one side. You're going to need a long-term answer at that cornerback position. And uh, I think this is ultimately where Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon is going to go. If you're looking for a pure cover corner that you can put out on the on an island, uh, a guy who is sticky uh, in man, can close in a hurry in, in zone, a guy who has tremendous ball skills, and then the length at 6'2", 200, Christian Gonzalez is going to be your guy. Four interceptions this past year, just seven pass breakups. But a guy, look, teams did not want to throw in his direction there with uh, the Oregon Ducks. I think that would be a great addition there for Philly, really shoring up the back end of that defense. Tennessee sitting there at number 11. And, and look, uh, you know, the Titans, you know, disappointing season for sure. Uh, the question really is going to be what do they do with that offensive line? Um, you know, they have Nicholas Petit Ferrer there at the at right tackle. Um, Dennis Daly and uh, LaRaven Clark are the backups, and they are uh, both free agents. But then you look at Taylor Lewan and Taylor Lewan's health. You know, I think that's really the biggest concern is, you know, the long-term health of Taylor Lewan. Uh, you know, a guy that, you know, that body is starting to, to break down. It seems like just about every year we're talking about him having to sit out some games here and there. Um, he is just 31 years of age, but you know that, that's one of those things too, to where um, you know how healthy is he going to be? You know, can we keep him out there on the field? Um, you know, I think those are going to be definite questions that uh, the, the the Tennessee Titans are going to have to ask. You know, obviously you've got Ryan Tannehill uh, there at the quarterback position. Is he going to be still your long-term answer there? Um, you know, nose tackle. Uh, they have you know Tier Tart. They could potentially decide to to move on from him. Um, so, is there a chance that uh, they could trade up for for Jalen Carter? Not likely, but uh, you know, it's something to still keep an eye on. You know, be mindful of if nothing else. Um, you know, they've they've done a lot of work with the secondary, so I don't know that that's really a, a direction that they would look. Um, they, they've already uh, you know addressed a receiver. And in the first round, I don't think that's where they're going to look either. Really, I think it's going to be at the end of the day, you know, trying to think of where else would they go with this pick other than uh, an eventual successor to Taylor Lewan. And I can't find one. You know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, that's the direction that they look. And uh, when you talk about Taylor Lewan, uh, you know, his his contract, he won't be a free agent until 2024. Um, so ultimately. Um, he will be in the last year of his contract, uh, you know, 14.8 million uh, that you know is going to be owed to him. 
and, and so that's really what you're looking at there. There's no dead cap or anything like that with the salary, you know. I, but I, I don't see them looking to to get rid of Taylor Lewan necessarily. Um, you know, I think if they did release him, then you're definitely looking at the Titans taking a, uh, an offensive lineman. But here's what I what I'm thinking: you bring in Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Uh, a guy who, you know, he, he started his career at Ohio State playing out of position at guard. Nate Davis is a free agent there at right guard. You bring him in, you allow him to start right away at the guard spot, and then Taylor Lewan is a free agent. He hits free agency. You, you probably aren't re-signing him, and then you can move Paris Johnson over to that left tackle position. And Really, you've got bookend Ohio State Buckeyes there for Ryan Tannehill. So I think that's ultimately the move that ends up happening. You go with Paris Johnson, the number two tackle in the draft. Houston sitting there at number 12. We've talked about, talked through some of the scenarios there for Houston. And look, with D'Amico Ryans on the roster, you know, in charge now, uh, sitting here at 12, who who's a guy that they could potentially go after here? You know, if he likes one of the defensive ends, because there are a lot of guys, you know, Lucas Van Ness to, to Keon White, Will McDonald, Derek Hall. I, I think that you you're not going to be taking them at number twelve. You know, none of those guys are going to warrant that. You're going to see a few of those names in round number one. The rest of them are going to roll to day two. So I really don't think that that's going to be an option for you. Um, you know, when you're sitting there at twelve, maybe there's a quarterback that's still sitting out there that someone wants to trade up for. Thinking about you know Anthony Richardson, so there, there's a good chance that we could potentially see a team do that, um, and then they can move down and maybe be in a in a position to take one of those edge rushers. Um, they they need some help there at that linebacker position as well. Uh, so those are really the areas you know they're looking to go defense, but I think they need to get weapons for Bryce Young there at the quarterback position. Uh, their their starting tight end Jordan Aikens is a free agent. Um, you know, Tegan Catoriano, Brevin Jordan, they're going to be nice guys to have there on the roster, but they're number two and number three tight ends. They're not going to be a number one. I think ultimately uh, Michael Mayer would be a nice fit, but you also have this receiver position. Brandon Cooks, 29 years of age, he'll be a free agent after the 2024 season. At one point, his name was being mentioned as a possible trade piece there out of, ten uh, out of Houston. But uh, ultimately, he's, he's still on the roster. You've got Nico Collins, the bigger receiver as well, um, you know, and not a whole lot of depth after that. You know, Amari Rogers is on the roster. Um, John Mechie is still working his way back from leukemia. So you need to add some additional weapons for Bryce Young. And ultimately, the number one receiver in this draft class is Jordan Addison. And what's funny is, is people talk about Jordan Addison and they, they talk about he, the lack of explosiveness. And man, this guy just isn't, you know, he's a good route runner, but he's not that explosive. But the six foot, 175 pound receiver there uh, for the Trojans, you know, in 11 games, you know, you look at the stats 59 catches, 875 yards, and eight touchdowns. What you forget about, though, it, you know, if you watch him against Stanford, you know, his ability to make those cuts down the field, you know, without losing any any momentum, without losing any speed, the cuts, the ability to separate, the suddenness, and then his ability to take the top off the defense with that speed on top of that really spoke a lot. And yes, he is kind of that undersized guy, a little, you know, he, you talk about that 175-pound frame, what he also has is a lot of length, and he uses that length to his advantage. 
not quite to the degree of uh, uh, Devontae Smith, but still has a lot of length. People forget that he was the Boitnikoff Award winner in 2021, uh, catching passes from Kenny Pickett, 100 catches, just under 1,600 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Kenny Pickett is lobbying to get him there in uh, uh, in Pittsburgh as his number one weapon. He'd love to have him there, and uh, I think Bryce Young would also love to have uh, Bright, uh, have Jordan Addison there. You figure Jordan Addison. You also have uh, you know Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, and then this is a good tight end draft in round two, round three. Potentially get a guy like Luke Musgrave in round two, Sam Laporta in round three, and be in really good shape. To getting a couple of weapons there for that passing attack. Number thirteen, the New York Jets. Some people think that, that might be the destination for Aaron Rodgers when it's all said and done. The Jets still have to figure out that offensive line position. Uh, you know that, That's really the, the biggest question mark right now, right? Uh, when you look at it, Mekhi Becton has struggled to stay healthy. Dwayne Brown is getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, you know, you've got George Fant uh, there at the, on the right side. Mike Remmers, they're both free agents. Uh, Dwayne Brown is not going to be the long-term answer. Max Mitchell right now is your starting right tackle. Uh, I, I think ultimately they need to go with another offensive tackle. I think they just have to. You know, this is a team they've got Lakin Tomlinson, they've got Elijah Vera Tucker uh, at the guard spots. They're set there, but Mackay Becton, the long-term health, really has to be a concern. A guy that just they can't keep on the field, and uh, you need to have that insurance policy. And a guy, look, even if if Becton is good to go. Um, you know, you need somebody who could potentially be an upgrade over Mitchell. I think Mitchell's really more of your swing tackle more than anything else. So I, I look at this group, Broderick Jones out of Georgia, you know, the easy mover. We've talked about him in the podcast all season long, a guy that moves really well in pass pro, um, doesn't generate as much movement in the running game as you'd like to see. But this is a guy that can absolutely uh, protect the blind side of whoever's going to be under center there for the New York Jets. We know it's not going to be Zach uh, Wilson. So who is it going to be? Will it be Mike White? Will the Jets potentially make a play for a veteran quarterback? You know, they may not go with a rookie quarterback, at least not right now, especially considering you know the, the Zach Wilson experience is still fresh in everybody's mind. So I think Broderick Jones is the pick there at number 13. The Patriots sitting there at 14. And obviously, you never know what's going to happen with Bill Belichick. We were thinking a bunch of different directions in round number one a uh, season ago. And ultimately, it was Cole Strange, the guard out of Chattanooga. Ended up being a nice fit there for Bill Belichick. It was just kind of a, a weird pick uh, in round one. I think we were expecting it potentially sometime on day two if it was going to happen. When you look at this team, what do they need? Uh, you know, the question mark there, who's going to be the quarterback, Mac Jones, or is it going to be Bailey Zappi? They need receivers. They, they need receiver help, you know, without question. You know, you've got Devontae Parker on the roster, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, uh, Matthew Slater are all going to be free agents. Um, you look at Tyquan Thornton on the roster, Kendrick Bourne. These aren't guys who are going to move the needle. They need to get a guy in there who could be a bona fide number one wideout. And I know that... You know, the, the sting from Nikhil Harry being that first-round bust. You know, they wouldn't necessarily want to go after a guy like Quentin Johnston there for TCU. But look, this is a guy who, I, you know, he reminds me of uh, Drake London to some degree with the fact that this is a guy who can uh, play play 
quicker than his size, has better, actually better speed than Drake London has, and uh, but a guy who can be physical at the point of attack, a guy who's going to win those 50-50 balls, a guy who's going to be a matchup nightmare for, for teams. And look, when he was the focal point of that offense, teams weren't able to shut him down. 6'4", 193 pounds, 60 catches, over 1,000 yards, and 6 touchdowns. The guy looked 19 yards per reception. So we know that he can be a vertical threat. There are some limitations potentially to that route that route tree. Can he sink his hips and really drive uh, out of those routes? Or is he really just more of a, a linear player, a guy that's just going to run those go routes and be able to, you know, and post? Can he run other routes than just that? That's going to be a big question mark. We'll have to see, you know, watch him at the combine as well, see what he looks like in those drills, just how stiff is he going to be at 6'4". But we know he's going to go in there, probably run in the 4'4s, turn some heads, and uh, I think because of his size-speed ratio, uh, it may be enough there for Bill Belichick to get excited enough to bring him in there at the number 14 overall pick. I wouldn't rule out Jackson Smith and Jigba there for Ohio State. Uh, he's a guy that I, I have coming off the board in a few picks, but uh, Quentin Johnson just looks the part, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, Bill Belichick does there. Green Bay at number 15. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers likely is not going to be back, which means it's going to be Jordan Love. And uh, every year we talk about them needing receivers. And, uh, you know, you've got Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, uh, you know, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard are both free agents. So could you bring in another young receiver? You could. But when you look at that tight end spot, you've got Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis are free agents. So Josiah DeGuerra is really your only tight end on the roster. Uh, you know Tyler Davis as well. But you know who's going to be catching passes at the tight end position? I look at it. I think this is really where Michael Mayer. You can pull the trigger, get another weapon there for Jordan Love. Um, you know you could go defensive end, especially considering Dean Lowry and uh, Jaron Reed are free agents. Might be a little too early to think Lucas Van Ness, Brian Brissy though could potentially be a, an option. You do have Devontae Wyatt on the roster. Are you going to go with another end? Um, you know back to back years with that first round. We know that. Uh, Green Bay loves to go defense in the first round, but uh, if you get a chance to get a playmaker like Michael Mayer, this is a guy, look, um, he's physical as a blocker. He's 6'4", 249, um, a guy that can get down the field, can create some separation with his route running. Um, look, back-to-back -back seasons over 800 yards receiving um, and 16 touchdowns during that time, also 138 receptions. He was really the go-to guy uh, for the Fighting Irish. To me, it's a match made in heaven, a guy that's going to be able to block for, for Aaron Jones and then be a favorite target for Jordan Love in the passing game. Washington sitting there at number 16. You know, Sam Howell, at the end of the season, they brought him in, and uh, it sounds like they're going to give him a shot. Um, I think they need to bring in a, a veteran quarterback. You know, Taylor Heineke is a free agent. Carson Wentz, we already know that that really didn't work out. Um, so what's going to happen here with uh, uh, with Washington? You know, Darren, uh, Darren Payne is going to be a free agent, and uh, you know he may not be back. You, know, you look at the linebacker position. I think it's a little too early to go linebacker just yet. Um, but you know Cole Holcomb, John Bostic, uh, they're free agents. As is David Mayo. So you know, you're going to have to think about that position. But ultimately, when I look at uh, at Washington. You look at that cornerback position, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Just, Bobby McCain, 
They need a playmaker on the back end of that defense, um, someone to pair there with, with Kendall Fuller. I'm looking at Joey Porter Jr., a guy that's going to give you a ton of length. You know, they, it, it seems like you know when they brought in Benjamin St. Just, that was kind of what they were looking for. I think uh, Joey Porter Jr. He's very sticky for uh, you know a guy who has tremendous length at six two. He's got the long arms as well. Really want to see how he tests, um, and really want to see what uh, what that wingspan ends up showing up because uh, it sounds like this guy's got some ridiculous uh, arms in terms of that wingspan. So Joey Porter Jr. to me seems like a lock there for Washington there at number 16. Um, 17, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this pick could go in a, in a few directions. This is another team that's going to uh, need to address the line up front. I think they'll probably go early day two uh, when you think about Larry Ogunjobi, Chris Wormley, Tyson Alualu, all are going to be free agents. So you have to think about potentially addressing the, the line up front. Again, maybe until a little too early for Lucas Van Ness. Then you look about you know that offensive line. Dan Moore, the left tackle, struggled mightily. Kevin Dotson, the left guard, also struggled. I don't know that the right tackle, Chikwoma Korafor, is going to be the answer. You know, really the only guys that I think are safe in terms of their positions, uh, James Daniels, the right guard, Mason Cole at center. Uh, so you could go Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, a big, easy mover, 6'7", 310, uh, to battle with Dan Moore at left tackle. Or when you're looking at, at Kevin Dotson, you may want to go with an upgrade. I'm actually thinking Osiris Torrance may actually be a nice fit here for Pittsburgh. This is going to be a big, physical nasty dude he's he's str very strong at the point of attack I think that's one of the things that you saw um, at uh, at the senior bowl as well uh, this is a dude once he locks on to you he's not letting go 6'5 346 pounds moves very well for a guy his size as well um, I think he'd be a great addition there to that to that line because look you're gonna have to do a better job protecting Kenny Pickett there at the quarterback position 18, the Lions. We, we've mentioned Bijan Robinson previously. I'm looking at the Lions, and if Bijan's still on the board, I think you have to make a play for him. You, know, you look at, you know, Jamal Jamal Williams is going to be gone, and uh, you know, more than likely, you might try to, to bring him in, and if they do re-sign him, then this is probably a pick that's going to be off the table. But, you know, when you have DeAndre Swift, who has been up and down, you know, you look at uh, the passing attack right now with Jared Goff, I, I think that Jared Goff gets another year uh, with this team. I don't think that the Lions are going to use a first-rounder on a quarterback. Um, I, you know, I, I say that they could very well turn around and go after a quarterback, but I think this is a team, look, you know, this, this is a playoff team. Uh, you know, they, they really played well down the stretch. Jared Goff, you know, one of those players who really stepped up and played well. You know, you look at the receiving core, Jamison Williams is going to be healthy. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is on the roster there. Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark's a free agent, but maybe you bring him back. A tight end position. No more TJ Hawkinson. You've got Brock Wright really as your starting tight end. So if Michael Mayer's there, he might be the answer. But again, Jamal Williams, you, you take him out of that equation. You've got DeAndre Swift there. You bring in B. John Robinson. It's going to take some of that pressure off Jared Goff. Give him another weapon in the passing game. Imagine an offense with Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Bijan Robinson. I mean, those are some, you know, three very exciting young players um, for Jared Goff to get the football to. So, just thinking through it, Bijan may not be a bad pick there for Detroit. Give you that running game um, and a guy that can really pound the football. You, you get a lead. 
You're going to need to sit there and grind some games out, and I think Bijan would be a guy that would be able to do that for him. Now, Tampa Bay sitting there at number 19. Tampa Bay is going to have to figure out exactly what they're going to do with Levante David. You know, Is Levante David going to be back? Can they re-sign him? I think they will. Um, if they don't, then this pick could very well end up being uh, you know, Drew Sanders there out of Arkansas. But uh, I just look at this defensive end position and really just the line in general. Uh, you know, William Golston, Patrick O'Connor, Akeem Hicks, Akeem uh, Nunez-Rochez, uh, Tedron Sanat, they're all free agents. And yes, I know that you brought in, in Logan Hall. You drafted him uh, a season ago. Um, you've got Vita Vea up front, but you know, you're going to need to get some depth. You're going to need to get some guys up front. Depending on what happens in free agency, you know, this could be Lucas Van Ness. You know, you get a defensive end in there, a guy that's going to be able to play in that 34 defense. I think that can make a lot of sense for them. Um, I think they need an upgrade over Donovan Smith. So Anton Harrison could be the guy there at the left tackle spot. Then you look at the corners. Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, um, you know, even Logan Ryan, who, who could play corner in a pinch. He's a safety there for them, but he could also play that, that cornerback spot. All those guys are free agents. So when you look at this, this group, you're going to also need a corner. So I think if any of those top corners are available, that could be the, the pick there. I think, you know, watch out for Emmanuel Forbes as a, uh, as a potential option. Cam Smith, though, out of uh, South Carolina. You know, I've got him coming off the, pay, off the board a few picks later. I ultimately think we end up switching Baltimore's pick and uh, Tampa Bay's pick. And uh, Lucas Van Ness may be a better fit for Baltimore. They might need some additional help there up front. Cam Smith may be better for Tampa. Um, but really, you have to see how free agency is going to play out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to really understand what's going to happen on that defense. So I think they either go defensive end or corner. Mock Draft 1.0 has Lucas Van Ness. It could very well end up being a corner when it's all said and done. Seattle at number 20, their second pick in round number one. I've got them taking Brian Brissy. I've already mentioned that they need uh, some help up front. If they don't get Jalen Carter, they can get the number two defensive tackle and Brian Brissy. I think Brian uh, you know, ends up falling a little bit. He does show some stiffness at, at times. When you watch his film, uh, when he wins, he seems to win the exact same way every time. It's like you're watching, you know, it's deja vu every single time. And uh, it's one of those things to where, um, you know, there is some stiffness to his game. You see, you know, some physicality at the point of attack. You see some quickness off the football. But, you know, he's not a guy who's going to flash each and every play. You know, he's not, you know, his dominant self. So you worry, you know, is that just the injury, and, you know, that, that, that he's dealing with? Um, you know, I just, I don't, haven't seen that, that really big leap from his sophomore to junior season that you're really expecting him to. And this was the guy who waited until the very end to ultimately decide to enter the draft. And he may have already decided that he was going to do it all along, but you know, there still makes you wonder, maybe there was some pause there. I think this would be a nice pickup there for Seattle there at number 20. 21, Miami, we know that their pick was forfeited, so we move on to 22, and uh, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a team that is very frustrating to watch to say the least you know they, they should have beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up losing that game and when you look at this team you know I, I think another team that's going to need to address the, their line up front that this is a team that uh, you know porous against the run I think edge rusher uh, getting another guy to, to help 
Joey Bosa and, and Khalil Mack out is going to be uh, an area that you know they can focus on. Uh, I think they're going to need a nickel, especially if, if Bryant, Bryce Callahan decides to to leave. Uh, Keenan Allen could potentially be a, a cap casualty, though. Um, and even if he is on the roster, um, you know, you've got Michael Williams um, and then obviously Josh Palmer. But there's not a whole lot of, of weapons there for, for Justin Herbert, you know, from an explosive standpoint. And uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, this feels like the right place for him because he does remind you a lot of Keenan Allen. And I think if Keenan Allen does get released by the Chargers, then this pick almost has to be uh, JSN. Six foot, 197 pounds, really, you know, battled that hamstring injury throughout the entire 2022 season. But if you watch his tape from 2021, 95 catches, over 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns, just put on the film of that Utah game in the Rose Bowl. And, uh, you know, it was so much fun to watch. You know, most of his damage is going to be done in the slot. But uh, look, you know, when you're talking about a guy that had 15 catches, 347 yards, and three touchdowns in that game, averaged 23.1 yards per reception. And when you think about Ohio State on a, on a receiving core that also had uh, Chris Olave and the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year in Garrett Wilson, this guy still ended up with um, double-digit receptions in four of the last five games of the season. Um, you know, over 240 yards against Nebraska, uh, over 100 yards against Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan, and then that Utah game, 347 yards. You know, a guy that just got better and better down the stretch. And, uh, you know, I, I think this guy, when healthy, could have been the number one receiver in this draft class. Um, so I, I think the Chargers could potentially end up getting a steal there at number 22 overall. Baltimore. What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? That's going to be the biggest question. He'll probably end up getting the, the franchise tag. I don't know that he ends up getting a long-term deal, especially battling the injuries. Um, that's going to be a huge question mark. You've got Tyler Huntley uh, right now as, as the backup. Um, I do think, like I said, franchise tag is probably going to be what happens to uh, Lamar Jackson when it's all said and done. Um, you, know, you look at that cornerback position, you've got Marcus Peters and Kyle Fuller who are our free agents. So that's ultimately why I have uh, Cam Smith, a playmaker there at that cornerback position there out of South Carolina. But I'm also looking at, at Calais Campbell um, at that defensive end spot. Calais Campbell is a mammoth dude. He's 6'8", 307 pounds. He's 36 years of age. And when you look at that, you, know, you look at his age, you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, can he continue to compete at a high level at that defensive end position? You know, he's a he's a guy who's been a, a staple in the league, um, you know, the, a model of consistency. But uh, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So really, the big question mark is: is he still going to be around? You know, that's going to be a huge question mark. Um, Brent Brent Urban is also a free agent there at the defensive end spot. That's why I think. Um, Lucas Van Ness would make a lot of sense here as well. I've got Cam Smith penciled in. I think Cam Smith is going to rise. I think Tampa ends up getting their corner that they desperately need. They can really send Jamel Dean on his way. And uh, just a couple of picks later, Baltimore can end up getting an eventual replacement for Calais Campbell in Lucas Van Ness. 
Now, when I talk about Lucas Vaness, you know, I didn't really mention him too much. This is a guy, look, he didn't even start there for, for Iowa. So this is a guy that's continuing to develop what you see as a guy who can overpower you. 6'5", 264 pounds, uh, 19 tackles for loss, 13 sacks, including six this past season. Um, so physical at the point of attack. This is a guy who was running over uh, offensive tackles. Paris Johnson, he beat up. Uh, you know, a guy who is just, he can be very physical. Uh, the bull rush is ridiculous, but the quickness coming off the ball as well. He is a little raw. So, again, 19 might be a little too high. You get into the 20s, that might be the better range for him. I also wouldn't be surprised if Lucas Van Ness falls out of the first round altogether, but I think the traits, that's really what gets everyone excited. Minnesota's sitting there at 24. Minnesota's going to, you know, has some question marks, I think. And when you look at Minnesota, um, obviously uh, you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I think there's some issues you know, contract-wise there. But uh, K.J. Osborne, you could potentially look at some additional weapons, potentially look at one of the receivers there in the draft. Um, Garrett Bradbury is a free agent. Do you consider John Michael Schmitz in round one? Probably not. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is a free agent. Um, you look at the cornerback position, though. You've got Duke Shelley, Patrick Peterson, Shannon Sullivan, Chris Boyd, all free agents. So if the season were to start today, you're talking about Cam Dantzler and Caleb Evans as your starting corners. I think they're going to need to, to bring in a corner. The question is going to be whether or not they want to draft a corner or bring in a free agent and or potentially sign Patrick Peterson again. So I think this is another spot for Cam Smith. I think you also have to consider Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State, or Maryland's Deontay Banks. Physical corner there, a couple of guys with a tremendous length. They could end up being a first-round pick, so really fringe first-rounders that I have falling to day two, um, but guys that could easily come off the board in round number one. But really, the, the thing that I think Minnesota has to ask themselves is, um, have they hit a plateau with Kirk Cousins? I know Kirk has, has won a lot of games for Minnesota. He's been a guy under center that's that's led them to the playoffs, but he hasn't been able to get them over the hump. That's really the big thing. Is he going to be their, their long-term answer there at that quarterback position? Kirk Cousins is just 34 years of age, um, and ultimately he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season, has the, the $35 million contract. The big question mark again is, is this going to be your quarterback that can get you to uh, to the Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously, if you have those questions, then maybe he's not the guy. Maybe you need to start considering a potential replacement for him. If nothing else, I think this year, especially because it is a contract year, I'm looking at a guy like Anthony Richardson. Why not go after Anthony Richardson? Why not target him? This is a guy who is probably the uh, the most polarizing quarterback in this year's draft class because he has all the traits for days. He's the best athlete, period. 6'4", 235 pounds, um, cannon for an arm, rocket launcher for an arm. can make all the throws. Doesn't matter. You know, I mean, he looks like you know, Patrick Mahomes with you know, the way he was able to, you know, whether he was rolling left, rolling right, moving forward, backpedaling, he was able to put the ball uh, with velocity on the money big question mark with Anthony Richardson is he only has the one year as a starter and he struggles mightily with the accuracy and being able to see the entire field. Um, so he, he's a bit of a project. You know, and, and you know, 53.8% completion percentage, 
uh, in his 12 starts there for Florida. 2,549 yards, 17 touchdowns, did have the nine picks as well. Um, but again, he's so fast as a, as a, as a runner. Uh, 654 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. A guy that uh, is a threat to go uh, really the distance on any given play because he has uh, that speed and the long strides for being a guy you know, who's also so, so tall. Um, so when you have a guy who has all of those traits and he's just oozing potential, you bring him in, he can learn from Kirk Cousins, could also motivate Kirk Cousins, and ultimately if Kirk Cousins brings you to the exact same spot as he did this past season and where he's continuing to bring your franchise, at some point you have to wonder, is this the best that we can do with Kirk Cousins under center? At some point you have to find a guy, you know, this this is a, a polarizing prospect. He's not for everyone. But if you do hit with Anthony Richardson, you've got a guy who uh, you know you're looking for, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes, the next Josh Allen. This could be the guy. You just have to be able to develop him. And that's going to be that, again, that huge question mark. But when you have a head coach like Kevin O'Connell, an offensive mind, there is that, that possibility. I wouldn't rule it out. That's why I've got him penciled in there to the Vikings. And, uh, you know, depending on what happens at that cornerback position, that's the only other position that I can really see them targeting in round one. I think they may end up pulling the trigger and going quarterback here. Jacksonville sitting there at number 25 overall. And uh, I think the Jaguars can go in a, in a couple of different directions with this pick. You know, this is obviously an ascending franchise. You love what Doug Peters has been able to do with them. All the defensive starters are going to be back, which means you really shift to the offensive side of the football. Could they go receiver? Uh, you know, you've got Marvin Jones, who's a free agent. You've got Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Um, not a whole lot of weapons after that. So I think that could potentially be a target. Look for potentially a guy like Jalen Hyatt. If Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston were to fall, that could potentially be a target here as well. Josh Downs, Zay Flowers are also receivers that could potentially be in the mix. Even Kayshawn Bouti. Uh, you know, look, it was just a couple of years ago that Jacksonville went with a, a DJ Chark out of LSU. Get another LSU Tiger potentially there in, in Boutique. That could potentially be an option. Um, but I really think that if, if, you know, Jacksonville, they could go corner. Tyson Campbell they brought in from a year ago. Uh, you've got Shaquille Griffin, Darius Williams on the roster. Uh, you know, there's, there's Chris Claybrooks you know, who's gotten a little bit of playing time. So they, they could go corner, you know, and again, I've mentioned those, the, the names, the same names will apply here for, for Jacksonville, but I'm looking at that offensive line. And, uh, you know, you've got Ben Barch and, and Brandon Sheriff there at the guard position. Could potentially still be a spot where you could drop uh, Osiris Torrance uh, because Luke Fortner is going to be your guy there at the center spot. Uh, Walker Little has played that well uh, there at left tackle in, in Cam Robinson's absence, but Jawan Taylor is a free agent there at that right tackle position. And so you're talking about potentially getting a right tackle in there to take over for Jawan Taylor. Could Walker Little play that right tackle spot and ultimately uh, give you the bookends with, with Robinson and Little protecting Trevor Lawrence? I mean, that's a question that we're going to have to see kind of play out there with Jacksonville. If the answer is yes, then you're looking at that tight end position. That's the other spot that the Jacksonville Jaguars could look at because you've got Evan Ingram, Chris Manhurts, Dan Arnold, all three agents. 
what's going to happen there at tight end. If those guys are gone, then I think you're looking at either Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, the pass catcher, or you go Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Darnell Washington would be more of your Mercedes Lewis type, the big physical guy, uh, you know, tremendous blocker, but also a, a physical mismatch. Um, Dalton Kincaid, look, you know, just put on the game, the first game there against USC, double-digit receptions over 200 yards, uh, leading the Utes to the victory over the Trojans. Um, either one of those guys I think would be a great pick there for, for Jacksonville. Gives you another weapon for Trevor Lawrence in the passing game. Darnell Washington may actually be the better fit because he's the better blocker, can help in that running game with Travis Etienne. But I've got them taking Anton Harrison, at least for now. You know, I think you've got to figure out that right tackle position. And uh, you know, if, if Cam Robinson is going to stay on the roster, you know, you're, you're keeping him around. Um, you know, they may end up deciding to, to let Cam Robinson go and uh, you know, Walker Little becomes their left tackle. You still have to figure out what you're doing with Jawan Taylor, Anton Harrison, big 6'7", 310-pounder. would make a lot of sense. You bring him in there, Little and uh, Harrison being your bookends could be blocking for, for Trevor Lawrence for a long time. Giants sitting there at 26. Giants, you know, they're, they're in, a, in an interesting situation. You know, you've got Danny Dimes there at the quarterback spot, and Brian Dable really resurrected his career. And, uh, you know, you've got Saquon Barkley. Both of those guys are free agents. You know, and will they be able to, to re-sign both of them? I think that's the goal. They want to bring both of those guys back. If Saquon's gone, then I think maybe the Giants try to make a play for Bijan, possibly even look at uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs. But when you look at the receiver position, I think this ultimately is where they go. You know, you've got Kenny Galladay, you've got Isaiah Hodgins on the roster, Wandale Robinson was brought in as well. Uh, but Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Marcus Johnson, Richie James, all free agents. So you have to look receiver at some point. If you go in round one, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Now, to me, you know, obviously, they limited route tree there with Tennessee. They, they ran those wide splits, and this was a guy who was really running a lot of, of go routes, you know, maybe run a post or two, but uh, really everything was down the field. And, you know, I think, you know, there's limitations to his game, but he's going to run a sub 4-4. Everyone's going to be blown away by it. And, you know, I, I give flashbacks to Corey Coleman and Will Fuller. Speed kills. Those guys were drafted much higher than they probably should have. And I think that there's going to be a team that's going to fall in love with the speed of Jalen Hyatt. Brian Dable may be too smart for that. You know, I think Jalen Hyatt you know, needs to develop a little bit more. I think he's a guy that probably should be a round two pick, even though he was a Blitnikoff Award winner this year. You know, and, and the six touchdown game uh, under his belt, and, and you know, there's a lot of explosiveness. But uh, you know, some of that could have been the product of, of, of Josh Heupel's offense. Um, I, I still think that speed, you put him in there in, in that offense, especially with Saquon. You've got Danny Dimes being able to, to throw that ball deep. Um, maybe that's what Brian Dable is looking for at the end of the, end of the day. I've got Hyatt penciled in there. I think Hyatt's going to end up being a first-round pick because someone is going to fall in love with that speed. It happens every year. Coleman and Fuller are guys that are coming off the board in the you know mid first round. Then I think you know Jalen Hyatt's going to be another guy that we're going to see come off the board in round number one as well. Now Dallas sitting at 27. This is a team that's going to be really interesting. 
Could they make a play for Bijan Robinson, especially you know with Tony Pollard as a as a free agent and the long term? You know what's happening with Zeke Elliott. You know, long term is he going to be the answer there because he's kind of faded, and you know as Tony Pollard's role has continued to expand, they can't really rely on Ezekiel Elliott as they used to. So that's going to be a big question mark. What's going to happen with him? It, you know, they, they could running back could end up rising to the top of their their needs. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. You know, you you look at, at Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, Sean McCown. Uh, Ian Bunting are their backup tight ends. They need a number one pass catcher. Dalton Kincaid would be a great pick here. Um, you know, you look at the receiver spot. You know, you've got Noah Brown, T.Y. Hilton as free agents. You know, you got C.D. Lamb and, and Michael Gallup. You're going to need that third wideout to fill in that spot if if Brown isn't going to be there. So again, Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, you look at, at Josh Downs or potentially Zay Flowers. You could also decide to pick up one of the top receivers in, in round number two or round three. I think ultimately the, the focus shifts to the defensive side of the football. And when I look at this, I see that that linebacking core is is screaming at me. You've got Leighton Van Der Esch, who's going to be a free agent. Damone Clark, Jabril Cox, backing them, backing him up. Do they really feel that either of those guys could fill in for, for Van Der Esch? Then you have Anthony Barr, Luke Gifford at the weak side backer, who are also free agents. Micah Parsons is, isn't going to be able to do it all himself. I think ultimately this pick, because some people are picking corner, um, and, and look, you know, Dallas could decide to go with a you know maybe Cam Cam Smith uh, opposite Trevon Diggs to get you know bookends there on, on the on the back end end of the defense. Now that Anthony Brown is a free agent, but uh, I'm looking at, at Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, and I, I see him as a potential replacement for Leighton Vanderish. Look, a guy who he's he's had those question marks with the injuries with his neck. Drew Sanders transferred from Alabama to the Hogs. 6'5", 230 pounds, and we really got to see what this kid could do. Over 100 tackles, 103 to be exact, 13 and a half going for loss, nine and a half sacks, had five pass breakups, three forced fumbles, and an interception. So this guy's got you know a nose for the football, a guy that can make plays behind the line of scrimmage, has sideline to sideline ability, uh, can play against the run and the pass. And so I think that versatility really would bode well for Dallas. Uh, and a guy that I think can fly around and make plays behind, uh, you know, that, that defensive front, and really Micah Parsons wherever he lines up. I think this will be a great addition uh, to Dallas overall in that defense. Buffalo sitting there at 28, and uh, you know, look, this is a team that you're just waiting for them to get over the hump, right? That's going to be the, the big question: is, is when is that going to happen? And I look at Buffalo, I, I think. Running back, depending on what happens with with Devin Singletary, running back could potentially be a, a an area that they focus on. Um, so I think Jameer Gibbs could potentially be in play. You look at Robert uh, Roger Saffold, um, you know Ike Bakker and, and and Bobby Hart at at guard. Ryan Bates is is back there at right guard, but uh, who's going to play that left guard position? Um, you could potentially see Osiris Torrance. Uh, make his way into the into the first round um, if he's not already off the board like I have him going to, to Pittsburgh. Um, linebacker, A.J. Klein, Tremaine Edmonds, both free agents. 
you're going to need a, another linebacker to play there with, with Matt Milano. So I think both Drew Sanders and Trenton Sipson are going to be in play here. But really, I'm looking at that safety position. You know, you've got Jordan Poyer, who's a free agent. You've got Dean Marlowe, a free agent. Jaquan Johnson, a free agent. Micah Hyde is on there. Um, and if Poyer is not re-signed, they're going to have to address that safety spot. I look at the that, that secondary, and you've got Dane Jackson. You know, they just brought in Kyir Elam. There's uh, Taron Johnson. The versatility of Brian Branch there at Alabama, a guy who can cover, he can play safety, he can play in the box if you need him to. He's kind of that, that Swiss Army knife. Where do you want to line him up? He, he can do a little bit of everything. I just look at that defense, and this could be one of those chess pieces that they can really uh, you know, just see what Le- Leslie Frazier can have a lot of fun with Brian Branch deciding where they want him to play. Uh, again, this free agency is going to ultimately dictate a lot with what Buffalo decides to do, um, but I think Brian Branch will be a lot of fun for Leslie Frazier on the back end of that defense. Cincy, 29 overall. We know that... Uh, you know, that's that's their pick. You've got Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. Uh, that's ultimately who I have coming off the board uh, to the Bengals. And when I look at, at their team, you've got Hayden Hurst, who is a free agent. And, uh, you know, look, he played well, especially in the playoffs for, for the Bengals. Uh, Mitchell Wilcox, Devin Asiasi are on the roster there. But they need a guy who's really going to be a playmaker at that tight end position. And uh, without Hayden Hurst, Dalton Dalton Kincaid makes a lot of sense. Now you've got Joe Mixon on the roster at that running back position. And here's the concern with, with Joe Mixon. I, I think his production in 2022, you saw a little bit of a re- regression out of him. So what's going to happen there with, with Joe? Um, is he a guy that could potentially be a, a cap casualty? Could we be surprised and see him let go? He's a free agent after the 2024 season. I don't see him going anywhere, but just something to think about. You already have Samaj Pirine and Travion Henderson as free agents. If the Bengals do decide to move on from Joe Mixon, and again, I don't think they do, but uh, Jameer Gibbs could potentially be an option there. Um, I figured I'd at least bring it up. There are a lot of people that are starting to talk about Joe Mixon and that decline. They need to make sure they're staying ahead of ahead of the curve there. Um, so that could be an option. Um, that offensive line, you know, is always a question. Joe Burrow seems to get beaten up a lot. Jo- Jonah Williams is another guy whose long-term health has to be in question. Although Jackson Carmen played well in his stead, uh, you know, you got jo- uh, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins there up front. Uh, Hakeem Adenage had to fill in for uh, Lyle Collins. Max Sharping was a free agent, filled in for Alex Cap. A lot of injuries across that line. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of young guys on that line as well. So I don't know that necessarily bringing in another rookie offensive lineman makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think keep an eye on that safety spot because both Jesse Bates and Von Bell are free agents. You do have Dax Hill there, but uh, either you know Antonio Johnson or Brian Branch would make a lot of sense here. Um, you also have Eli Apple and Trey Flowers as free agents. Uh, Cam T- Taylor Britt has made a, a strong play to be that uh, that starting corner opposite Jadobia Awuzie. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where since he goes, could they go corner? Could they potentially even address that middle linebacker spot if Jermaine Pratt leaves in free agency? I think that's another p- potential position. So when you think about Drew Sanders, he could be that guy there as well. 
I just think that Dalton Kincaid, as of right now, makes the most sense for the Bengals there at 29. Number 30, the Saints get back into round number one. This was a pick that uh, uh, Denver got from San Francisco. And then the Saints were able to go ahead and get that from Denver. And when you look at, at the Saints, and ultimately you're talking about this pick, you know, they ended up getting it in the whole Sean Payton hiring there for the Broncos. And uh, you know, I think you know, defensive line is definitely an area that I could see the Saints targeting. I think they could also target a receiver. Uh, you know, David Onyemata, Shai, Shai Suttle, Catavius Street, all free agents. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, also free agents there. They don't really have a tight end uh, of note. And looking at this this draft class, uh, uh, Darnell Washington would be a nice pickup here. Uh, you, know, you also have Mark, Mark Ingram and David Johnson, the running backs behind Alvin Kamara. Could you go Jameer Gibbs in round one? I think you could. But I think you could get guys in, in on day two, a guy like Zach Charbonnet, um, potentially you know Sean Tucker later on in the draft, be able to get some guys in there that can complement uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think Jameer Gibbs is a lot like Alvin Kamara, so you know, do you really want to bring in you know a, a clone uh, of your running back in um, you know to be his backup? You know that'd be a big question mark there for me. I don't know that that necessarily makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do think receiver is is a, a definite target area. You know, you've got Chris Olave, who's going to be running the show with him. Marcus Callaway has played well, um, but I think you you know Rashid Shahid has gotten you know some playing time. But I, I really think that they need to think about um, getting some additional weapons for uh, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, whoever's going to be the quarterback there. Um, get some weapons. Ultimately, free agency is going to dictate what what's going to happen there. You look at that tight end position: um, Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman, uh, and Taysom Hill. Okay, but if you can get a guy like Darnell Washington in there, he's the best blocker of that group. You know, Jawan Johnson is a converted wide receiver. Um, you know, Adam Troutman's more of a receiving tight end. Taysom Hill is a converted quarterback. I think you get a guy like Darnell Washington in there to block for Alvin Kamara. That's you know really an, another offensive lineman, 6'7", 270 pounds. He's a, a sixth offensive lineman out there, essentially. Um, so he would make a lot of sense for, for the Saints there at 30. 31 and 32, is it going to be the Chiefs or the Eagles? Right now I've got it penciled in. Eagles has the favorite. So Kansas City Chiefs there at 31 overall. I've got them taking an offensive tackle. And... You know, I, I think it's easy to really look at that at that line and, and see why. Uh, Andrew Wiley there at, at right tackle. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to be the answer. He's a free agent. Darnell Wright uh, was the best right tackle, probably the best tackle overall at uh, at the Senior Bowl, and you know really looked good on the right side there. This is a guy, you know, if you watch the, you know, the, the pull trap technique, um, you know, he, he does that better than anybody. Um, a guy who moves really well. You watch the tape against Will Anderson. Did a really good job there um, uh, against Will Anderson. This is a guy who could be an ascending prospect and continue to move up draft boards. I think KC, this would be a, a perfect fit for him um, there at that right tackle spot for Patrick Mahomes. And then finally at 32 overall, I think the Eagles, you know, this could be a defensive tackle. Kalijah Kansi, potentially. Um, 
this could potentially be a, uh, a running back in Jameer Gibbs. I ultimately have, went with Keon White out of Georgia Tech, the pass rusher. This is a guy who I think has continued to get better and better um, at the more we've seen him play. Um, I think the play that everyone wants to turn to was his ability to turn and run with the running back down the sideline um, at 6'4", 267 pounds, um, 14 sa uh, tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks, and 19 tackles for loss in 2019 at Old Dominion, um, then transferred to Georgia Tech and uh, you know, played his last two years there with the Ramblin' Wreck. But ultimately, um, you know, this is the guy who I think is continuing to get better. Um, he's still a bit on the raw side, but you know I, I think about a line, uh, you know the edge rushers that eventually would be Josh Sweat and uh, and Keon White with obviously Hassan Reddick there at that linebacker position. And that could be a formidable group for the Eagles. And you know if you're the Eagles, then you could think about on day two targeting guys. Like if I look at at who I have for them. I have them ultimately taking a defensive tackle there in round number two. Have them taking Carl Brooks out of Boy, uh, Bo uh, Bowling Green, a guy who could have been uh, a potential edge rusher. You know, he was a, 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 a really a, a five technique, um, a, a guy that I thought could end up being an end, but he shows up at the Senior Bowl at 300 pounds. He still showcases the quickness coming off the football, and a guy that. Uh, you know, can get after the quarterback. That was one of the things that really stood out when you watched him play there at uh, at Bowling Green at 6'4", 280 pounds, had 46 tackles for loss, 27 and a half sacks, including 10 this past season, and uh, a guy who lined up everywhere with his hand in the dirt. Um, it was a stand-up. You know, they really played him all over that line, and uh, he was really a lot of fun to watch. And then when you talk about the Eagles, you know, day two later on, in round number three, you can get a running back like Chase Brown out of Illinois. There in round number three, uh, Roshan Johnson would be another uh, potential guy. Even Ty, uh, Ty J. Spears out of Tulane, though, or Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. They're all sitting there in that third round range. So I don't think Philly needs to get greedy or get antsy and, and go after uh, a, a running back early. You can wait until day two, shore up the defense early, a defense that's likely going to get raided in free agency and then look to that running back position after that but again things could change uh, depending on what moves the Eagles decide to make in free agency they might be able to bring some of the, the players back be able to shuffle some of those priorities a little bit so that's the the first mock draft mock draft 1.0 of my first round if you want to take a look at all seven rounds of my initial mock draft go to readyforthedraft.com. Make sure you click on the 2023 NFL Draft up at the top. It'll take you to my, my top 10 rankings, but then there's also the drop down. You'll be able to select each of those rounds, really take a look at each of the picks. And uh, as we progress, that, that uh, site will actually have a, a full breakdown for the first round, be able to really outline all of my thoughts as we start moving closer to the draft itself. And uh, you know, I'll add some more commentary uh, you know, with with my thoughts on each of the picks as we go um, throughout the season. But uh, the next podcast, uh, we're really going to start getting ready for the combine. That'll be the next the next conversation that I think we're going to need to have. Um, you know, is is talking about that. We have some time. February 28th is really the start of that combine through March 6th. Um, so we'll be 
gearing up for that. We'll really get to have that conversation. Maybe we'll look at you know offense and defense, split it up into two podcasts, make it a little bit shorter. I know this podcast ran a little long, um, but you know maybe that's what we'll do. We'll space it out. Offense, defense, really talk about the combine. And uh, then once we do have the combine, we'll be able to talk about the results, what it really told us, who are the guys that made a lot of money, and who has some ground that they need to make up. So for ReadyForTheDraft.com, this has been the Ready For The Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And we'll talk soon. Until next time, I am happy.